You know, there's always something we're believing God for. I got a list of some things in my life that I've written down that I can't explain it. Science can't explain it. And I want to encourage you to begin to start writing some things down as you see God begin to move. He's not done with you yet. Do you hear me? He's not done with you yet, and it's not over. And if you'll allow him, if you will allow him. See, there's a lot to us allowing God to move. Because sometimes we don't think we're worth it. We haven't done anything to earn it. We try to do some different things. That's called his grace. But yet God will release his grace on your life. His undeserved, unmerited favor. That all of a sudden he'll place you in a certain place or he'll do something for you. And a lot of times I know that we've got a lot of them that I don't want to tell you about. But God has touched and done some things that are amazing. And he's done it in your life too. And even if you can't share it, I want to encourage you to be able to think about others and give them words of encouragement. Because there are times where life is difficult, and that's life. It is difficult. But when you know that there's a God that loves you, that cares for you, that is for you and that is not against you, that he is a a God of light, that he's a God of power, he's a God of strength, and that these things are available to you, then you can begin to walk in that. There's time and time again that there's testimonies that are there that I'm asking you this year, if you haven't done it, I'm not a real good journaler. Mother journals everything. She's probably got stacks in her of notebooks that probably are as tall as I am. But sometimes we forget, don't we? God can do something for us so real today, and five years from now, you may not even be able to hardly remember it. Unless you think on it, unless you recall it, unless you share. There's others that I know that, I mean, Mother had a, a knee replacement, and she's, she's able to walk. Mario had a hip replacement, and he's able to walk. Come on. And when you are, when you are, and when you, when you don't have that capability, it it stinks, doesn't it? And then God can heal and and do things in a different way. So this morning, I just want us to be able to start believing God and expecting God to move do you you know Tatum said let's let's worship for somebody else do you have someone else in mind that you were beginning to worship for I want to lift that for those those people up to the Lord if you'll just join me in prayer just a moment as we lift these people up to the Lord you just begin to lift that person up to the Lord I want you to ask the Lord to just bless them Ask the Lord to just strengthen them. It might be a friend, a a family member. It might be a neighbor, a co-worker. Brother or sister. Mom or dad, aunt, uncle. Might even be a cousin. 
But ask the Lord to, to just touch their body. Ask the Lord to give them an experience, an encounter of His love, of His grace, of His mercy. Ask the Lord to move some things. Rearrange some things. Ask the Lord to continue to give courage and strength. There's some of you here that maybe you've entered in here and you're like, you know what, I don't even know if I want to go another day. And God's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You take another step. You pray another prayer. You walk forward one more time. You open the business doors one more time. You forgive one more time. You bless one more time. You love one more time. You accept one more time. You stand one more time. Maybe you're standing for them today. Maybe you're asking the Lord to help them, give them courage and strength. Just lift that person up. As we pray, the, there's bowls in heaven. It talks about in Revelations that there's prayers of the saints and they're, they're like in bowls of heaven. And our understanding is that those bowls will be filled and then they'll be poured out. It'll be like it's poured out. Pray for somebody else. Maybe you've got a spouse that needs prayer for today. Begin to lift them up. Ask the Lord to help them. Ask the Lord to encourage them. It's difficult being a father nowadays, and I'm sure it's difficult being a mother nowadays. It's difficult being a, a dad. It's difficult being a, an employer or an employee. Ask the Lord to strengthen them this morning. Come on, just you see that person in your mind's eye. Just ask the Lord to bless them in a way. Touch them in a way that they'll experience His goodness, His grace. Just begin to just begin to lift them up this morning. Are you lifting them up this morning? Just ask the Lord to, to just continue to pour out His goodness upon them. What about the goodness of God? The goodness of God. What about peace? Don't they need peace in the middle of their life? The peace that passes all understanding. Peace that will guard their heart and guard their mind. What about decisions that are being made even now and in the future? There's, there's, there's even sometimes we think there's life and death decisions that we're making. They're affecting people. What about those decisions? What about some that you know of? I received a phone call uh, of, of a of a friend that was asking about the suicide issue. What about that person that's even thinking about that? What about the person that doesn't have any hope that is just like, I don't even know if I can go through tomorrow. Ask the Lord to infuse hope into them. Ask the Lord to bring forth faith. Ask the Lord to show them his love. We have a God that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible to us, to man, but it's not impossible to God. Nothing is impossible for Him. The God that created the universe, the God that, 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 that called forth darkness, out of darkness there was light. The God that stepped in on your half and my behalf and took the judgment and the consequences for sin. God that took wrath and wrapped it all up and put it on the cross. A God that will step in your situation, give you strength through your situation, be there for you through your situation.
God that's a creator, a God that's a provider, a God that's a friend, a God that's a father, a God that's righteous and holy and just, a God that's perfect. Just receive, just begin to receive what the Lord's doing this morning. Just begin to start looking at that. So what are you doing? God, I'm asking you, and I'm going to pray for each person in here. It's a different prayer, but my prayer is that, that God will mess you up. That he will touch you, mess up your theology. He'll touch you and mess up your doctrine. He'll touch you. And mess up religion. He'll, he'll touch you and it'll be about a relationship. Things are not over. The best is yet to come. Are you ready to step into that which God has for you? Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready to run your race? Maybe some of you have stopped running the race. And God says now it's time to start running the race again. The baton is being passed to you. What are you going to do? Look back, take off, look forward. Run your race in a way that you'll win win that prize. You won't quit, you'll keep going. God, that's my prayer for you. That's the God that we serve today. That's the God that loves us. That's the God that cares for us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Do we serve a God of miracles? Is he a creator God? Is he a loving and just God? Is he a God of righteousness? Oh, come on, somebody. Is he a God that cares for you? No matter what you're going through, it matters to him. What matters to you matters to him. He's that kind of God, that kind of God that sometimes we've just lost through time, space, He's a God that is, that's real, a God that's alive, a God that's, the Bible says there's no darkness in him. There's only light. It's that God. Can we give him a mighty hand clap of praise this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not sure what you want to do, but I want to, I want to, I want to get started this morning. Could you do me a favor? Could you guys grab my podium and bring it up here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take about 20 minutes and sow in something into your life this morning. If you'll allow me to do that. 20 minutes. Can you all give me 20? Anybody give me 20? Who will give me 20? You give me 20, that's 40, that's 60, that's 80, that's... <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, we're glad you're here. Turn to your other neighbor and say, we're glad you're here. Let's, let's give the worship team up some praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When Angela comes down, I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to do something for you because I want you to understand this God, this God of miracles that we have. I want you to understand how this God of miracles works. And I want you to understand that there are some times where, where we may not even realize 
but God will bring revelation to you. How many of you have ever had, um, I call it, I call it revelation dr- goes from your head to your heart and it creates movement. Okay? You're in need, you have need, I find the need, I, I have a revelation of that. I know and hear from the Holy Spirit that it's me to take care of that need and I move to take care of your need. Revelation drops from your head to your heart and creates movement. First of all, I want to I want to start out. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the worship team comes off, but um, I want to share with you this this display over here. How many of you? How many of you? I know you, some of you have. Had, what in the world is that? Why is that there? And I've had some people uh, ask me about it. It's a display of light bulbs. Somebody say light bulbs. It's a display of light bulbs, and and I began to start looking at some things, and I thought. You know, how can we begin to start impacting your life even in a, in a financial way? How many of you know that I was reading, the, um, I was reading what OG&E says about LED lights? And, um, and, they, and they say that it accounts for 11%. Your light counts for 11% of your home energy bill. 11%. God gets 10% and you spend more on your electric bill. Hello? <laughs> right? It's 11% of your home energy's usage. These light bulbs right here, there's, this, is a, this is a pack of four. And I'm, I've challenged some of you, and some of you are already taken the challenge. There's a basket next to this display. We want you to, to, you can sit there and count the light bulbs. It's fine with me. Because there's some light bulbs in some other boxes in that display that you're probably not going to be able to count. But our goal was to be able to have you. We're going we're gonna to have you count and give us a guess of how many how many light bulbs you you have on that display. Now, here's the thing. If you can guess closest to the number without going over, we're going to pay your electric bill for a month. Amen? That's okay? Anybody want to participate in that? It'd be like, yeah, I think I'll get in on that. The other thing is, the other thing is that when when I finish this message, not today, but in the upcoming weeks, is that I want you to count how many light bulbs you need in your house. And then we're going to ask you, you, don't go get your neighbors and friends or anybody else, all right? We're going to ask you how many bulbs that you need, and we're going to give those bulbs to you. The statistics are that the fact is that these can save you, like each light bulb can, can save you all together, all together. Each light bulb, I think they had it down here, was like... Um, um, they last 15 times longer. You can save a nearly $120 over a lifetime in one light bulb. And if you have 10, that's $1,200 that you can actually save on your electric bill. Is it okay if we help you save on your electric bill? Yeah. And so we're going to ask you to do that. And then we're going to be able to, we're going to start giving them out. And my goal is to give all that display out to everybody in here, let you go and replace your light bulbs. If you haven't already, there may be some of you that have already ha- that have already done that. But they 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 said that you could. Uh, what I read was you could save close to over two hundred dollars per year just by doing that. Amen. So again, we want you to look at that display, see what your guess would be on that. Bruce and Diane Crevier and some of the kids, they were trying to guess it, and they were trying to get me to tell them the amount. And I'm like, no, I'm not telling them. And they're like, we won't tell anybody. And I'm like, I'm still not telling you. I'm just, I'm not going to tell you until we, we end up doing this. And there's a certain number, and we hope and pray that you'll, uh, you'll help participate in that. I want to 
turn the lights off a moment. I want to have you just totally black this place out. My even my iPad one. I want you to look around just a minute. It's fairly dark, and some of you, now that your eyes are beginning to adjust, might be able to see me. Those of you that have a cell phone, I want you to get it out. And I want you to illuminate it. If you've got the flashlight and you want to turn the flashlight on, feel free to go ahead and do that. I want you to watch what's taking place. This is pretty cool. We can, I can all of a sudden begin to see faces. Can you all of a sudden begin to see mine? Any others? What, who else has got it? I want, you to, I want you to hold it up. Now I want you to look around. What do you see? See light. Listen, darkness will not overtake light. Light will always, always, always overtake darkness. Okay, can you guys go ahead and bring the lights up? Lights on the screens. If you do like I am, sometimes I'll use my flashlight and I forget I got it. And then I pull it out and I'm trying to talk on it and my flashlight is shining. Go ahead and turn your flashlights off, if you will. I want to take just a few minutes and share with you today about lighting your world. I'm going to begin a series today that may last for a few weeks. And, and I really want to encourage you to be able to, to get into the scriptures and be able to take a look at what God is saying. Because there is a scripture that says God is light. Everybody say that. God is light. So where does light come from and where did it begin? And you can go back into Genesis and you can see the very beginning of light. We may, not today, but you may be able to, you can go back and read that. And, and, and when God saw the darkness, he said what? Let there be light. So there was a permission that God had that he allowed the darkness to be there. And he said, let there be light. And all of a sudden there was light. And he placed the, the sun and he placed the moon to have light at night and... and uh, you have to give me just a second. There we go. I am technically digitally challenged. But how many of you know? <laughs> I'm learning and I'm growing. So I want us to be able to, be, to consider that when God said, let there be light, that there was light. So if you will, let's just, I'm going to get right into the scriptures today. I am just going to read some scripture today and we're going to get to a place where I'm just going to park and then... We're going to have you guys um, have you do some study at home. Matthew chapter 5. I want to look at verses 13 through 16. That banner above there says, go light your world. And it really talks about Matthew chapter 5. 
verse 13. Jesus was talking about the disciples. He was having a, a time with the disciples and the multitude. Actually, they call it the, the Beatitudes, that, that he was sitting down and he was teaching in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. You can read all about that, but this is part in chapter 5 where he was talking about the disciples in the world. And I'm going to start with verse 13. It says, You are the salt of the earth, and if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Look at me just a moment. He was beginning to teach, and he was saying, You know what? You guys have the flavor. Anybody like salt? Do I have some salt lovers in this place today? A little story I'll tell you, Shelly and her mom and dad and their family, they love to salt and pepper. And I was, I'm just the bland guy. I'll just eat it like it is. I don't have to doctor it up. I don't have to do anything with it. And when we, 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 uh, we first had a few meals together, it was like, would you pass the salt? Could you pass the salt? Could you pass the salt? Could you pass the pepper? Could you pass the salt? Could you pass the salt? And I'm thinking, man, I want to eat my food. So we even got these little individual salt shakers where when the family gets together, we give everybody an individual salt shaker because they love that. And here's what I want you to know. Obviously, God loves that too because he's made you, he's made you salty. He's made you to have some flavor. Of course, we know that it, back then they used salt for pervert, pervert, preservatives. We know that you can take meat and you can wrap it, you can bury it in salt, and it will help preserve that meat. It won't go bad. We also know that there were some different things they did with salt. They had different salt covenants that they participated in and things of that nature. We also know that salt could also be used for cleansing. Has anybody known when you've gone to swim like at the beach, you know, in North Carolina or South Carolina or whatever, the salt water seems to cleanse your skin. You may have cuts and bruises and everything, and you get out. And then all of a sudden you realize that your, 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 the salt water is good for your skin. So there's a lot of great properties. And Jesus was teaching the disciples and say, you know what? You, you, you guys are salt. And I look at you guys and you guys are salt. But, you know, there was another thing that Jesus had talked to the disciples about what they were. And he also said that they are the light also. Look at verse, uh, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world, a city Set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does any light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. I, 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 when, the, when you guys begin to start lighting up your cell phones, all of a sudden it was beginning to give light in the entire room. Before, I couldn't even hardly see Shelly, or I couldn't see Virginia. And some of you, I couldn't see. It was so dark. But then all of a sudden, the, it began to be illuminated, and things began to get light. And, and all of a sudden, I could begin to see. How many of you know light will lead you out of darkness? How many of you ever walk through a room, and you don't turn the light on, and, oh, you stub your toe? <laughs> Ouch, I've done that a few times. Or when the kids were, were, were littler, you know, they have stuff out and you uh, end up stepping on all the toys that they have, you know what I mean? So you always have, you, don't you now you go to the, to, the door, to the doorway and you turn the light on first and you look to see if there's any explosions in the middle of the floor. How many of you know light can keep you safe? Oh, come on, somebody. He goes on and he talks about taking this light and putting it on a lampstand. And it says it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16 says, let your light shine. Say that. Let your light shine. Let your light shine before men in such a way that you may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what does light do? 
I want to share a few scriptures real quick. Let's look at John chapter 1, and I'm going to step into this really. I'm going to speed up just a little bit. John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's the Word in the beginning? Anybody know here? Jesus. That's right. So some people are like, well, how do you know that Jesus was 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 with the Father and the Holy Spirit in the very beginning? And it says right there in Genesis that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth and the Father was there and the Word was there, and that's Jesus. He said it was in that he was with God in the beginning and all things come into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life and life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. He talks about the witness of John, John the Baptist. It's Tatum, thank you for hearing from the Spirit this morning. And you talked about John the Baptist, and he's in my message this morning. Um, and, and, and we just planned that, but God has a way of connecting things like that. Verse 6, he says, There came a man sent from God. He's talking about John the Baptist, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Now, if you have no relationship with God at all, you may not know that this light is that he's talking about there. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. He still is the light of the world today. He said there was, a, there, verse 9, he said, There was the true light which is coming into the world that enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, meaning he came to the Israelites. He came to his own people first. He said he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, he gave them the right to become children of God. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, as the light of the world, you become a child of the Most High God. And that's one of the things that we want you to understand. And if you don't see it, if you can't see it, you will never walk in the destiny that God has for you to walk in until you see that you are a child of the Most High God. That you are born again, set free, delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. That you are a king's kid and you got king's rights and king's privileges and you are a child of the Most High God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but we deal with some people that have an orphan spirit and they feel like they, they, they don't belong anywhere or get into anything. And I'm telling you, we've got to be able to see the light so we can overcome that orphan spirit that tries to come on us and understand we have a spirit of sonship. I am a child of the Most High God. Somebody needs to give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. See, turn to your neighbor and say, you don't understand who I am. (laughs) A lot of times we don't understand who we are. And I'm not talking about the scripture. Well, pastor, well, you know, the scripture says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Well, I'm telling you this. You need to think of yourself as a child of the most high God. And when you begin, when the light, when God begins to illuminate that and and that you're not, you used to be. Before Christ, I was a sinner. I became saved by God's grace. Now, I am not, I am a, I'm a child of God. I do sin. The word says to sin, that word sin means literally to miss the mark. 
I miss the mark. I'm telling you, I wish I didn't. But I'm telling you what, my penalty for sin was paid by Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary once and for all. And that has to be a light that has to come on in each and every Christian believers. And I believe that when we start understanding our identity and who we are and that light comes on, we'll begin to light our world. We'll begin to affect and influence the places that we're in and where we're at. And we'll be able to take that light to others in the world. Can I get an amen? All right, am I in the right church here for just a few moments? He says this, it says, verse 12, he says, But many as received him, to him he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but you're born of God. My spirit became born of God. My spirit, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, when he shed his blood at Calvary, when he died, when he rose again, when he defeated death, hell, and the grave, it it allowed me to come to God and my spirit to be changed, to be one with him in spirit. Now I've got to renew my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, because those things, it wants what it wants. There's times where my, my will, I'm telling you, I want my will. And God says, no, I want his will. Amen. We need to have God's will. And there's times where I want that. And when I've been changed, when I've been transformed into his image and into his likeness, it's because everything in my spirit is perfect. Now I've got to renew. The transformation is renewing of my soul. Can I get an amen? We're not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but we're born of God. See, when I start realizing I'm born of God, I was born of God. They were like, Pastor, when's your birthday? That was a natural birthday. My birthday, I wish I could tell you the exact date and the time. I remember what happened, and I remember it was in February. And I remember when it happened, and I remember when I went to that altar, and I just went to an altar to give my life to Christ. Some of you have given your life to Christ driving a pickup truck or out in the middle of the field or at some children's revival or maybe some some conference or maybe at camp, church camp or something like that. You remember when that took place. I knew that something happened to me, but I really didn't know what happened to me. But I knew something had happened to me. I'm telling you, the light began to move in. Here's another scripture. Let's go to First John. You don't. If you got your Bibles, don't, don't just don't just follow me. Just just follow me. He said, from the very beginning, we what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3, that we have seen and heard and we proclaim to you also that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be complete. I love what what the, the acronym for joy was, Jesus, others, and yourself. I love that. You put Jesus first, or you put others first, and you put yourself, and you'll have joy. He says, God is light. Everybody say, God is light. That, that, there it is right there that I want to just, just touch on for a few moments this morning. First John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message that we've heard from him and announced to you, that God is light. Everybody say that. Everybody say that. Well, I thought Thomas Edison invented light. No, he invented the light bulb. God invented light. 
and God is light. And can you imagine what that must be? I mean, if you'll just let your imagination begin to think about the, the throne room of God. I've, I've read where people had gone into the throne room of God and come back out and, and, and the light and the, and, the, and, the, and the brightness and everything else. I mean, it was just like, you know, everything that God did, he moved, he breathed. He, it was almost like, you know, there was be sparks and it, the things were ignited and it was just glowing. And I mean, it was just, it was just, it was undescribable, actually. They were beginning, they begin to say, I don't know how to put this in words and the colors and the vibrance and the light and everything else and God himself and scientists can begin to look and talk about the speed of light and breaking the, the, the sound barrier at the speed of light and, and they can talk about that and, and I begin to start looking at the scripture and he said, God is light. And if God is light, then it goes on and it says this, in him there is no darkness at all. You think about that. There's no darkness in God at all. I mean, even as he turns, there's no darkness. You know, light has to be, in order to be a shadow, shadow does two things. You know, a shadow never gets smaller than its object, but it can always get bigger than its object. You can move a light back and you can make a, 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 a foot-high cat look like it was <laughs> huge, right? Just by how the, how the light is shined on that. And then we begin to look at that, we begin to realize that, that there is that light that's there, that, that shadow that causes a shadow. But God has no shadow. God has no shadow. David could be walking along, and depending on the sun and where it is, I could see a shadow, and I could step on a shadow. But you can't get to step on God's shadow. There's no shadow in him. It's just light. It's just light. He's, he, he's light, and, and, and he's many things. But you know, this today we're talking about him just being of light. He says, verse 7, he says, let me go back to the rest of verse 6. He says, If we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all... Thank you. Cleanses us from all... Because of what Jesus has done, he's cleansed me from all my sin. Past, present, and future. Doesn't give me a license to go on sinning. Hello, I'm not saying that. But the light itself can begin to dispel darkness. That's how powerful light is. You guys began to see by turning your cell phones on how all of a sudden light began to dispel the darkness. Didn't you see that? Okay? Come here, baby. Would you help me just a minute? Help me with this microphone. Inside my hand, it's dark. Do you know that? There's darkness in there. Are you with me? Yes or no? Okay? We can't really see it. Actually, I can look in through right here and see that. But what happens? Does the dark overtake the light? Or does the light overtake the dark? If I take this darkness... And I begin to do this, where'd it go? See, a lot of times we think darkness is going to win, but darkness is not going to win. No, no, you didn't hear me. I'm standing today and I'm saying darkness is not going to win. 
God didn't set it up for darkness to win. He set it up to light, to be the reigning light, for light to win, to overtake the darkness, not just once in a while, every single time, every moment. I can, I can, I can put the darkness in my hand, but when I expose it to the light, the darkness has to go. And he said, in him there is no darkness. And he brought me out of the darkness into the light, not to operate in the darkness any longer, but to be operating in the light that will change things that will shift things that will bring forth light in every area and every situation in my life hallelujah I don't know about you but there's some light going on up in here because when we start looking at the light and he is in the light and we walk in the light as he is in the light then I can become like him I can be like him I am not God but I'm a son of God I'm son of a holy one but if I get out of the darkness and into the light how many of you know the darkness goes away are you walking in the light? See, a lot of times we don't realize it. We'll just know I'm, I'm kind of walking along the edge. We'll get out of it. Step into the light. Well, it's hard. I know it's hard. But step into it and let God begin to illuminate things in our lives. See, God is light. Say, God is light. He says, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, has, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Well, I thought I was cleansed. You were cleansed when you asked Christ into your life. When your spirit became one with God, you begin to be cleansed. But how many of you know your, your transformation process just doesn't happen in a day? Be transformed in a day. Everybody would buy the book. And then after the day goes by and you're not transformed, they'd buy the next book. Are you with me? But it's the light. It's understanding and looking at the light and that God is in the light and walking in the light. Verse 8, real quickly, and I'm almost done. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and, and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. I sin, y'all. But the penalty of sin has been paid for by Christ. So I'm not a nasty, rotten, ugly, worm sinner. I am a son, a child of the Most High God that does sin. But you know what? God isn't looking at my sin. Oh, come on, somebody. Because he can't see my sin. Because that sin is darkness. And when you, just like this darkness here, is exposed to the light, it goes away. You can't see it. Pastor, you're telling me that God is not looking at my sin? That's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm telling you he can't. Why? Because he's light. He can't see the sin. He can't see the sin. When he looks at you, he looks through the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ is the light because Jesus is the light. The Father is the light. Come on, somebody. He looks through that and there is no darkness in him. So he's not looking at the darkness. He's only looking at the light. And we need to start looking at the light, somebody. Come on. I know this is hard, but you know what I mean? But I messed up. You know, I had a guy one time take a pen and put a dot in his hand, and he said, this little bit of, of sin right there will send you to hell. You know what I should have done? 
I should have went. It's gone. I should I should have been. But think about it. Yes or no? If I've got darkness here and I expose it to the light, does the darkness overtake the light or does the light overtake the darkness? I'm not giving you a license to go and do whatever you want to do because there's principles within the Word of God. The wages of sin is death. Well, I didn't die. I did something and I didn't die. Well, he's also talking about a spiritual death also. It's not just a physical death. There's times where that can happen, and it does happen. It does happen. But there's times where you look at it and I can die spiritually. See, because the absence of light is darkness. The absence of light is darkness. Point in case. I turn the lights off, what happens? But then we turn the lights back on. Where's the darkness go? You see any? It's it's gone because of the light. Because of the light. God is light. I want you to write this down. First Peter chapter two, verses nine and ten. I'll tell you what I will do. I'm going to print up some of this and put it on a piece of paper for next week. And then we we can take a look at some of these scriptures. But for the next few weeks, I want you really beginning to look at the light in the word of God. I want you to look at God is light. I want you to look at Jesus is the light. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. Ephesians 5, 16 and 13. Or Ephesians 5, 6 through 9. Excuse me. Actually, 6 through 13. James 1, 17. John talked about it a lot. The Apostle John, the disciple John, and, and he wrote about it in the book of John and 1 John. He talked about the light a lot. How many of you know he was with the light? <laughs> he was with the light. There, there has to be some lights that have to come on, y'all. When you gave your life to Christ, was there a light that came on? Was it like, hmm, if I don't, I'm going to hell? Or was it like, I can't achieve righteousness on my own? Or was it like, I'm a mess. I need something different. I'm telling you, there was something that went, and it might have been the light switch, that that light all of a sudden came on. When you needed forgiveness, that light came on. When you need love, that light comes on. Come on, somebody. When that, that light comes on. So John talks about it. John 8, 12, 9, 5. John chapter 12. Let's put that one up. Tonya, and, I'll, and we'll, we'll close on that one. John chapter 12, verses 35 and 36. He says, so Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. I'm not talking about a new age thing. I'm talking about God's word that says he is light and there is no darkness in him. And a lot of times we give God, we give God the responsibility for certain dark things that happen and God's not causing it to happen. Hello? There is no darkness in him.
testing one, two. How about now? Can you hear me now? Either the battery ran out or uh, Bobby figured it was time for us to go, eh? <laughs> I know that it's about the battery. Would you guys stand to your feet this morning? I'm going to, um, if you want to get something to play, Bobby, we'll have you come and do that. What I'd like to do today is, um, is, is I'm going to pray for you just a moment. But I want to encourage you over the next few weeks. I want you to really be studying and, and taking a look at this and at the light. We are children of light. The scripture is going to tell you that you're children of light. Because God is light. Jesus is light. We become children of, God, of light. And then I'm going to have Richard come up. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to have Richard come up. And you guys can give your tithes and offerings. How about that? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now. God is... You've just done so many things already this morning through the prophetic worship, through all of the things that's taken place, the testimonies. God, the, the, the testimonies that are just so real and gen, just genuine. I just ask you right now to help us, God, today. Let us begin to illuminate. Let you, you take your word and begin to illuminate our hearts and our minds today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. How about you guys give Richard a hand clap? Amen. Hey, I like your shirt. I should have gave that as a, uh, I should have told about a miracle that happened there last week. Yes, there was a miracle play at the end of the game. Last, uh, last week, I took just a moment and talked about putting last year behind you and I wanted to take a little time while you're preparing your tithe and offerings and just unpack it a little bit more for you. The Lord's really been dealing with me about last year. Last year was a very harsh, hard year for my family. So as you take a look at this year, as you're, as you're getting ready to come and give, go back into this past year. The first thing you pack up and bring and lay at Jesus' feet so that you can be done with it is your victories and your successes because those can become something that gets in your vision and gets in your way and kind of holds you back and can almost become like an idol to you. And when you bring those victories and successes into him, into this new era, what is he going to do with this new era? He's going to turn those victories and successes into championships. You're going to be a champion over that thing that gave you trouble last year. Bring your defeats and your failures Bring them and place them up here. Don't keep looking at them. Don't box them up and put them in the attic or the closet, like I said. Bring them up here and lay them down and walk away from them. And in this new era, what is he going to bring? He's going to bring success, and he's going to bring victory and place failure and defeat. Bring that hurt that you had in 2017. Some of you lost jobs in 2017. You served that company well and you had anger and hurt and bitterness, box all that up and bring it to the cross and lay it down. And he's, what is he going to provide in this new year, in this new era? Jobs and better jobs. Position, raises, bonuses, position. Not just a job, but a position that can't be touched, that can't be taken away from you. So, as, as I named my offerings and I leave behind my 2017 
My tithe is moving forward. My bountiful leaving behind. My, my missions offering going upward. Put that name on there. Give your offering a duty. Give it a mission. Give it a destination. So as, as you come this morning, just come knowing this new era is full of championships and victories and successes. And as Pastor Eric said, remember who you are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb and set free. We are a kingdom of priests, and we are the we are the kings of kings. So, Father, we come before you, and we just thank you for this opportunity now to come and participate with you in the kingdom, to revel with you, Lord God, in what you're going to do, to show, Lord God, your grace to the world around us. As, as we give out more, you're going to bring back more. You will multiply it back unto us so that all the world will see this is how you deal with your children. This is your covenant with them. Success and prosperity and participation in the kingdom. Father, to the glory of your name, in Jesus' name. Uh, you guys are dismissed. We have prayer right over here. If you need prayer this morning, we would be glad to pray for you. God bless you. Go forth in his power and his might.